Alberta NDP leader Rachel Nolley is considering her role as party leader after she failed to form government for a second time in last month's election. A True North fact check reveals the Trudeau government and legacy media used this year's severe wildfires to further their political climate change narrative. CBC Kids is pushing reckless and inappropriate gender ideology to young audiences again. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, June 14th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Cosman Georgia. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Alberta NDP leader Rachel Notley says she will take some time to consider her role as leader after she failed to form government for a second time in last month's election. On May 29, the Alberta NDP secured 38 seats to Danielle Smith's United Conservative Party's 49 seats. That marks the second time Notley failed to form government since her party was booted from government by Jason Kenney's UCP after just one term in 2019. Speaking to the media on Tuesday, Notley said she takes responsibility for the party's loss. Here's what that sounded like. Like all leaders, after an election, I will take the time to consider my role as leader. I did that after 2015, I did that after 2019, and I'm doing it now. I've made a decision. When I've reached a conclusion, I will be sure to let Albertans know. As of now, my number one priority is to do the work Albertans have asked of us and nothing less. That is our intention as a caucus. Notley said she will consider a range of factors as to whether she will stay on as leader that would take, quote, too long to outline. She also said she doesn't have a clear timeline as to when she'll have an answer about her future in the party. So Cosman, I thought this press conference was interesting because immediately after losing the election, Rachel Notley came out and said, I'm going to stay on as party leader. Obviously, we didn't form government and I take responsibility, but she sort of hailed the NDP's ability to pick up a bunch of seats and unseat several high profile UCP cabinet ministers as a victory. Now here she is coming out just over a week later and sort of saying, well, actually I am going to consider my role as leader, but was very unspecific as to what that really meant. She didn't say what she was going to look at. She didn't say how long her decision was going to take to make. She didn't have any information here. So is she just talking or is there something to this? Why did she come out and make this announcement, you think? Well, I don't really see it as a contradiction to what she said during her um, defeat speech. I mean, a re leadership review is pretty much common practice and necessary for parties after uh, an election loss. So uh, it's it, she knows that this is going to happen. And I think this is just a matter of Notley stepping in to take the lead, right? Like immediately she said, I'm going to stay on as leader. Um, we, we were able to achieve this, etc. And, and, you know, she said she takes responsibility. So I think this is her way of, of, you know, um, forcing, not maybe not forcing, but attempting control. And the other remarkable thing is these rumbling, there's no rumbling from within the party, uh, as far as I know, to have Notley step down. So it's really just coming from her and she's leading this process. Another interesting thing here is that, of course, we know that when conservatives have a leader who loses, 
sometimes even once, but definitely twice, we're ready for them to step down. We say, okay, you've had your shot. Maybe we've even given you two chances. You've been unable to form government. It's time for you to go. Where we don't see that with the NDP, we look at the federal NDP, Jagmeet Singh, his party is losing seats every election and still somehow he sort of hailed as a successful leader in the National Party, which is fairly obvious to all of us that he isn't that. And now here with Rachel Notley, people just really like her. They want her to stay on, even though she lost government after just one term and has been unable to form government in the two next elections. Do you think that this is something that is notable or remarkable about the NDP, that they're able to hold on to their leaders for a long period of time, whereas conservatives turf our leaders a lot quicker? Or do you think it's time for Notley to step down and maybe let someone else take the reins and give it a shot? I mean, it's I don't think it's necessarily true uh, across the country. We shouldn't generalize, right? Like here in British Columbia, we had a leadership change uh, where our former premier uh, stepped down and they had a sort of leadership scuffle and an election. And we have a new premier now in in. Uh, David Eby. Uh, but with Alberta NDP, I think it's a unique situation because Notley has really been able to create, uh, to make the Alberta NDP into her own party. I think she's very much part of the Alberta NDP brand. You know, she has roots and history in it, and uh, it'll be really hard to find a replacement for that. A True North fact check reveals that Canada's political leaders and the legacy media have used a particularly severe wildfire season to further their political climate change narrative contrary to the facts. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has repeatedly claimed that the wildfires raging across the country are caused by climate change. Coalition partner and NDP leader Jagmeet Singh has also made the misleading claim that Canada has, quote, never seen wildfires like those currently raging and linking them to climate change. Similar claims were further perpetuated by the CBC and other legacy media outlets. Politico also spread Trudeau's claim that climate change was the driver of the wildfire, and U.S. media outlets like The New Yorker and Bloomberg also furthered this narrative. However, in reality, Canada has experienced several years where the area burned by forest fires was much larger, including in 1989, 1994, and 1995. Even the federal government's data says little to justify the apocalyptic narrative spread by the Prime Minister and others. Data from the Canadian National Large Fire Database shows that the number of wildland fires has been decreasing over the past 40 years. The area burned by wildfires each year also does not show a clear enough trend to support the extraordinary claims about climate change. Experts agree that wildfires are influenced by many factors, not just the climate. According to British Columbia government data, lightning and human activity causes a vast majority of fires. In 40% of recorded cases, uh, humans have caused wildfires as a result of activities such as open burning, vehicle use, industrial activity, fireworks, or discarding burning items like cigarettes. Intentionally set fires due to arson can also be a cause, like in the case of the 29 Okanagan fires from 2014 to 2018 that were discovered to be deliberately set uh, by an RCMP task force. So, Rachel, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen this 
fear mongery. We, we've seen this pushing of, of climate change as the cause of this. And one of the interesting things uh, from my perspective, being on the West Coast here, is how much this has become an international story uh, simply because the East Coast has gotten this smoke, which we we out here in the West are pretty much accustomed to every summer. So do you think there is a sort of this regional divide here? Like this has been happening so long in British Columbia, Alberta too. Every summer it happens and in the fall. But all of a sudden, because Ontario, you know, New York, all these more affluent places are having to deal with these issues, it's suddenly become this huge thing. You know, I think you might be onto something there. That's a really interesting perspective. Obviously, I'm relatively new to Alberta myself. Last summer was my first summer in Alberta, and I was a bit surprised by the wildfires. You would wake up some mornings and the sky would be hazy because smoke would have blown down from either BC or maybe from northern Alberta. And you realize very quickly that people here were just quite accustomed to it. But being a newcomer, it felt pretty bizarre. And you were kind of just shake your head and you're like, wow, people just live like this every summer. Now, of course, it's my second summer here and the wildfires started a lot earlier. These seem to have been far worse this year. Although, as you pointed out, there is precedent for this. There has been some really bad wildfire seasons in the past, in the 90s and things like that. So it's becoming something that I'm more used to. And I have to say at the same time, I'm not surprised that this liberal government is really pouncing on this as an opportunity to push their climate change ideological agenda. It's one of the few things that they care about. We know they don't care about the cost of living. They don't care about the crime on the streets. They're not doing anything to help day-to-day things going on in all of our lives, which are making them very difficult right now. But this is something they really care about. And if there's an opportunity to push their agenda, they're absolutely going to seize that opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that's not talked about enough is how much has the liberal government really invested in preventative measures uh, to take steps to prevent things like wildfires. They constantly focus on these metrics like carbon emissions, you know, uh, the the long-term temperature increases that they attribute to climate change, but they don't really talk about like real tangible things like just doing the management of the forest, equipping uh, firefighters with uh, the resources to prevent this from happening. So I, I definitely think there's an opportunity here to grill the liberals uh, on their own turf because they're making these uh, extraordinary claims. But when you look at their track record, uh, especially through the pandemic, I mean, one of the things that I mentioned in this story, there's an expert in there who attributes some of the uh, current, you know, early season and, and, and severity of the wildfires to the lack of work that was done during the pandemic lockdowns to manage uh, some of these forests and do the preventative measures like those controlled burns. What do you think about that? I think that preventative measures is absolutely the one of the first things that we need to be looking at. Control burns is very important. It has been a bit of a weird season because in Alberta, it started about a month earlier than it usually does. And typically at the time, at this time of the year, May, when the fires actually started, is when the province is undergoing training exercises. So it did seem to start pretty early. We know that controlled burns is something that's been an issue in California. But I remember when there was a 
the flood crisis down in Calgary a couple of years ago, be well before I moved to Alberta. The government spent a lot of money and invested in preventative measures so that they don't really have to worry about that same thing happening again. And it's proven to be quite successful. So obviously, I think across the country, we need to be taking a look at those types of initiatives for fires as well. CBC Kids News recently published a video in which a child explains the quote 2SLGBTQQIPAA plus acronym to other children. In the video, the child explains that the long acronym stands for quote two spirit, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, pansexual, asexual, and allies. The video also features Okay to Be Me community engagement lead Aaron Huston, whose organization quote provides support and education on 2SL plus issues for kids, teens, and adults across the Waterloo region. University of Saskatchewan Assistant Professor of History of Gender Ideology and Sexuality, Alessio Ponzio is also featured in the video. The CBC's video also promotes gender ideology by showing they, them pronouns and makes the claim that gender and sex, quote, don't mean the same thing. Here's a snippet of the CBC Kids video targeted at children. Have you seen this term? 2SLGBTQQIPAA+. You know what each letter means? Don't worry, we'll break it down for you. This is Kane Explains 2SLGBTQQIPAA+. First of all, you may see different versions of this term. It all depends on who's using it and why. It's called an initialism. Heard of an acronym? Those are abbreviations that create new words. Like how as soon as possible turns into ASAP. Or how the U.S. National Aeronautics and Space Administration turns into NASA. For an initialism, instead we pronounce each letter separately. So we wouldn't pronounce this. You know what I mean. Okay to be me provides support and education on 2SLGBTQQIPAA plus issues for kids, teens, and adults across the Waterloo region of Ontario. They help us break down what each letter means. Seems like we have one of these stories to cover every single week, if not every single day, Cosmen. It seems the CBC just can't resist covering these types of stories. They're so bent on pushing this agenda. Do we know of some other times they've promoted this gender ideology to children? Yeah, for sure. I mean, CBC is particularly bad. They do this quite regularly, if not like every single week. Um, We saw in Radio Canada, which is the French language uh, arm of the CBC, they had a children's drag performer, uh, Barbada de Barbados, explain the acronym to kids as well. You know, we've seen all these uh, TV programs coming up that that are meant to essentially indoctrinate children into this. Um, and earlier this year, we saw the CBC publish an entire video segment where these two drag queens sat down with New Brunswick school children for an honest conversation about drag, gender, and dress up. And to me, you know, one of the arguments that uh, gender ideology advocates I always use is that oh children need to be reflected like these drag queen of events are 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 meant to uh make children feel like they belong but that that's kind of bizarre like why why does 
why do children need to be reflected in you know people wearing drag to me there there is no logical connection there uh and with the cbc to dedicate this amount of space to explaining these acronyms uh which is kind of like teaching children zodiac signs or astrological symbols at this point because they keep adding new ones that they invent uh, why aren't they teaching children more useful things like the periodic table? I really don't understand it. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.